It's time for the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today we got a very special guest. That's right, we found him. We don't know where he was. We went looking. We dug up former president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, Theo Epstein, is stopping by. Can't wait to catch up with him. So without further ado, let's go off the mound with Theo Epstein. Theo, man, it's great to see you. Great to see you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked a lot. We've texted. We've done that. But to actually physically, I'm just glad you're you're looking good. You you look slimmed down. What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, you know when you when you don't watch 162 baseball games a year and then nervous eat between pitches and uh, you tend you tend to keep the weight off a little bit. But trying to trying to you know exercise. Been um, running a little bit, riding the bike. Nice. Uh, this season, did you watch much baseball, or were you kind of just distancing yourself from it? Yeah. No, I watched a ton of baseball this year. Uh, you know, watched plenty of the Cubs, and great opportunity to, to you know, see all the other teams play, too, and found myself bouncing around, switching channels, looking for, looking for good matchups or uh, follow exciting young players, and got to see the whole league. And then with, uh, with the work I'm doing for Major League Baseball, on the on-field product and some of our, our efforts to uh, improve the pace of play and, and get more ball and play action and, and, and have players be able to showcase their athleticism more. I was also watching the games through, through that lens for the first time and trying, you know, it was after 30 years of working for teams, it was a chance to see the game exclusively through the eyes of the, of the fans again. And I really appreciated that opportunity. Yeah. How nice was that to just watch games and not be like, you know, have this sense, this tense sense. You just got to watch them completely relax with a beer in your hand. Yeah, it was great. I I, I really enjoyed that, and it was funny because I'd be I'd be watching games, and there'd be you know a really tense moment um, late in the game, or you know the reliever comes in, he's not throwing strikes, or you could just sense things going off the rails and I'd have this recognition of like, Oh, here's where I'd be completely freaking out and and feeling all this anxiety and the sense of doom and start to let it really impact uh, my mood and probably the people around me and everything else. But now I don't feel that way, but I I recognize it, but I don't have to, I don't have to get into that space. And it was, uh, it was a welcome break. Yeah. The world series was fun. The Atlanta Braves winning the world series. That was a ton of fun. Do you watch all the games? Yeah, I did. I, I, you know, I missed, I missed a few innings here and there, you know, putting the kids down and whatnot, but um, it was, it was great. I thought the postseason overall was, was, was terrific. You know, some, some of the, the series leading up to the world series were, you know, really dramatic, um, close games, decided late, um, great baseball on display. And then the world series had its moments, but um, you know, great story with the Braves, um, you know, hard, hard not to, to appreciate um what that World Series means to that fan base and the manager and and you know Freddie Freeman um and and a lot of the exciting young players on that team. So it was just a great story, really good for baseball. Enjoyed watching the whole postseason. Yeah, you mentioned the manager too. I looked at it was funny when all that went on and you know the players were all excited and everything was going on. And I looked at their coaching staff and you know Brian Snicker, you know, Jose Castro, Nachi, the hitting assistant hitting coach, Sites, or all these coaches, Eric Young, you know, senior who'd been there forever, and all these guys getting a ring for their first time. It was it was kind of cool in a way, just like to see a journey play out differently than somebody who wins it right away. Yeah, it was great. You know, it's it's always really, really gratifying and rewarding to see 
people have dedicated their their whole lives to, to baseball and um, get rewarded with, with a ring for the first time. That's awesome. And then especially now, you know, there's this uh, trend in the game um, to hire uh, major league coaches um, who, who maybe have, have, you know, haven't necessarily been around quite as long or from the college ranks or, or, um, you know, from, from outside companies. And it, it can be tough for, for baseball lifers, guys who've grinded for decades and decades in the minor leagues to get, to get their opportunity, um, in the, in the current environment, that'll probably self-correct and find more of a equilibrium, but to see, um, Brian Snicker, rewarded for his 45 years of, of grinding away in, in the minor leagues and the big leagues and the coaching staff that you mentioned, all those guys have, have paid their dues 10 times over and to see them rewarded and really contribute um, to, you know, a team that, that uh, played some high level baseball and deserved every bit of that world series. It's great to see probably good for the industry too. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, reflection, right? Like when we're in things and we're doing it, it's hard. Like when I was playing, I didn't really reflect on my career until it was over. Um, and not that your career's over, but you get this break or this gap or whatever it leads to the next thing. Have you taken moments or times where you've reflected on when you first got to Chicago and building and winning a World Series? Yeah, yeah. You know, the the, the time away um, and, and the new perspective definitely provides um, insight and, and better context to sort of un understand experiences and, and dynamics in the past. So, yeah, I've I've... I've I've spent a lot of time, you know, thinking back about things and, you know, it, it, it works both ways. It makes you, um, you know, hum, humbly appreciate, um, all the things that went right and, 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 and the great opportunities we had and experiences that we had and you know how hard that can be. And, and, and you just feel appreciative for having gotten to go through it. Um, which sometimes you don't take, you don't take time in the moment to, to enjoy it or to appreciate. It. And then yeah, it, it also you know, reminds you of, of things you wish you had done differently or things you wish you had understood better. And you're always, you're always looking for ways that, that you can improve. And I think that comes oftentimes with, um, um, you know, the passage of time or, or removing yourself from situations and, and, and learning. I've, I found that true in my Boston experience as well as my Chicago experience. So yeah, it's great. I, I've, I've always been the type of person who likes to likes to take some time to to process things and change the environment around me so that I can learn and grow and 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 find a stimulating new environment to throw myself into. So this has been it's been really a productive time. Nice, and that part of that new environment, the the work at MLB um, with Major League Baseball. You know, talk to us a little bit about like what it, what is that that you're trying to do, and like you know what kind of team do you have put together to be able to do those things. Yeah, it's been, I feel really uh, fortunate and, and privileged to have, uh, you know, a small seat at the table for these discussions that are going on at Major League Baseball and, and the whole baseball community about what's the best version of baseball and, and how can we um, consider some changes that will take a game that's already the greatest game in the world and, and, and make it, make it even better as, 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 as we move forward, because, there have been some some trends in in the game over the last several years and over the last several decades that I think um, threaten to diminish some of the aspects of the game that that fans love the most. And you know, everyone's got their opinion about about the different rule changes, and and, and I respect that, and that's the way it should be. But there actually is a pretty pretty strong consensus out there 
about how we can move the game forward to, to get closer to its very best and most entertaining version. And that consensus involves things like, you know, playing at a little bit uh, faster pace. Yeah, it I'd involves, like that. <laughs> it, of course, it involves um, more action. And so get, getting the ball in play, cutting down on strikeouts so we can get the ball in play more often and, and create more in-play action and give players more opportunities to show their athleticism uh, on the field and, 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 and on the bases. And, you know, right now um, a fan on average has, has to sit and watch a game for over four minutes to just see one ball put in play. And, and, and that's something that we think should be cut down so that, you know, the, the, the best part of baseball is when there's players, the ball's in play, players are in motion, there's athleticism on display, there's decision-making on display, there's drama, suspense, intrigue. Um, and, and a lot of that can be accomplished if you, if you get the ball in play a little bit more often and create that kind of action. So this whole, this whole project is really about, you know, giving fans more of what they like and less of what they don't like. And what uh, fan survey data has, has told us about what fans like um, is, is, you know, more, more action, more players in motion, more athleticism. Fans' favorite events, the surveys will tell us at baseball games are things like doubles, triples, stolen bases, great defensive plays, and like doubles, triples, and stolen bases. They're all essentially right now at generational lows and, and getting, getting, um, getting less and less frequent, you know, with every passing year. And what fans don't like are things like, you know, pitching changes and periods of inaction and downtime. And, you know, those are all increasing year over year. So if we're not thoughtful about certain changes that we can make to just give fans more of what they like and less of what they don't like, then that's a real threat to the game. So it's, it's, it's an honor, you know, for, for the commissioner to have asked me to be part of this discussion. And we were able to, you know, have a lot of conversations about how to move closer to, to the very best version of baseball, to uh, experiment with some rule changes, trying to accomplish those those very goals at the minor league level and had, had some real successes this year um, with, you know, the, the pitch timer. Uh, yeah. yeah, the pitch clocks really help. Yeah, the new, the new version of the pitch timer where a pitch has to be thrown every 15 seconds, every 17 seconds with runners on base and the hitter has to be uh, ready to hit and responsive to the pitch with eight seconds remaining on the clock that had wildly successful results, uh, shaved, you know, more than 21 minutes off average game time in, in the, uh, low A West league where we tested it. It was the highest scoring league in minor league baseball as it normally is and had the shortest game times and the, and the style of play was better too. Um, awesome. there were fewer strikeouts, uh, fewer walks, more balls in play, higher batting average, and everyone loved it from players, staff, fans. So that was a big success. We're continuing to experiment with that in the Arizona Fall League and um, testing other other initiatives like a, a reshaped strike zone to create a little bit more contact, where you lower the top of the zone, expand a little bit east east and west. That's yep. shown to be successful so far. As as you know, it's it's intuitive. It, it makes sense that you'd get get a little more contact. Um, having guys pitch east and west instead of going for the swing and miss above the zone and chase below. That's worked so far. We're continuing to experiment with that in the Arizona Fall League. And then and then subtle things that that I find really cool, like um, uh, slightly bigger bases 
moving the base size from 15 by 15 inches to 18 by 18 to, to really subtly change the in-play environment and reward guys for getting the ball in play. And then to encourage things like stolen bases. Yep. With so many stolen bases come down to bang, bang plays at second base. Now you're shortening the distance between the bases without changing the fundamental dimensions of the game. You're just changing the base size. And now, you know, in, in the leagues where we tested that stolen base percentage and stolen bait, base attempt rate went, went up. And again, try, trying to find subtle, creative, um, fair ways to give fans more of what they like, ball and play, doubles, triples, stolen bases, things of that nature. So it's been it's been great to be part of that. Right. On. Well, if, if this is your passive aggressive way of trying to get me out of retirement for more doubles, triples, and stolen bases, <laughs> you have time off now, although I know you're working, you're doing other things. You have, what is the thing that you've been enjoying the most with your time off? Uh, time with the family. It's been incredible. You know, I've got two boys, uh, 13 and seven, and, you know, they've always been, been used to me having to cut things short and run to the ballpark or, you know, always been used to me leaving in a couple days for, for a seven or 10 day road trip. And, you know, we've just worked around that, you know, everyone in baseball has to deal with that type of thing, but to have, you know, a free summer, for example, for, for, for a summer I've had in 30 years where I'm not going to a ballpark every day for work and we can just embrace the day and go and do fun things outside and get on the water and not have to worry about cutting it short so I can get to the ballpark and them trusting me that I'm not going to you know disappear on a road trip in a day or two. Um, makes everything better. And it was, it was probably, probably the, the best summer, you know, of my life, just enjoying it with, uh, with my wife and two boys and some extended family and getting out in nature and not having to, to always be thinking about, you know, some transaction in the back of my mind or <laughs> waiting, waiting for a call from the trainer and no one had to, to get to the ballpark and, and deal with a lot of issues. So as much as I love baseball, I love being at the ballpark is, you know, one of my favorite places to be having that, uh, uninterrupted time with the boys while they're still at an age where, you know, if they want to hang out with their dad, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and your boys too. And like Jack, your oldest, he is an unbelievable golfer, a stud golfer. Is it, we talked about this. It's frustrating when your kids start getting better at you than a certain sport and, and yeah, he's there. It, it, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're proud too. You're like, Oh, this is great. You know, he's gotten so good. He's better. And then, then you start to take it personally. So yeah, I might've squeezed in a golf lesson or two so I can keep competing with him, but it's not, it's not really competing. I just want to be good enough so that for the rest of our lives, he'll let me into his foursome without being <laughs> embarrassed, you know, and going to golf with somebody else. And play from the same tees, you know, you, when he starts backing <laughs> yeah, it up. Exactly. He doesn't want to shout to me, you know, Hey dad, up at the, the senior tees up front. <laughs> Uh, you met, you mentioned, time, we mentioned time off and doing things, bike riding. Um, you've been crushing bike rides. I know that. Um, any chance you're going to be doing like the French Alps, a, a, a Theo Epstein version of the Tour de France? No, may, maybe online on Zwift. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been uh, climbing some pretty big hills and that. But no, I don't know if you've noticed this, this but uh, Chicago's pretty flat. So it, may, it makes for an easier bike ride, which is great. Uh, any other, what about other hobbies? I know, I know you do tons of things. You're multi-talented. Or you have multiple hobbies, but I don't know how talented each of those are. <laughs> yeah, not not too talented. Yeah, my 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 sons tell me, Dad, you have a lot of different hobbies, and you're mediocre at all of them. So <laughs> I think that that's pretty accurate. But um, I've I've been been playing guitar a lot more often. You know, I, I always kind of dabbled with it in baseball. Just a good way to cool down after a game or get their mind off of things, but have a little bit more. I always just stunk. So I, I was in the permanent 
like advanced beginner stage forever. So with a little bit more time, I'm, I think I've, I've now at least moved on into the uh, like beginning intermediate stage, which is good. And, and music wise, you played music. We know everybody here in Chicago and in Boston and you know, kind of around the US knows about the unbelievable work the foundation to be named later does with the you know hot stove cool music even during the pandemic all the virtual events that you guys how proud are you to be associated with something that has done such amazing work yeah you know it's I, more honored than proud like honored to to be and privileged to be a part of it it's just such, such an amazing crew of people that donates their time to to make hot stove cool music happen and and to make the foundation to be named later effective and you know, I think we've we've um, raised and, and distributed over twelve million dollars now um, o o over the years to to nonprofits that do the most important work in society, you know, which is helping at-risk kids um, deal with you know some really critical issues and helping them through the tough times and 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 helping them get through and get through school and get out in the real world and succeed and and you know it's just an honor to be part of that and how lucky you know to be able to take things that I love like baseball and music and, and use those as the vehicles to attract interest and raise some money and then reallocate that money to the people who need it the most. Like that's, that's one of the, the coolest parts of having worked in baseball, I think is seeing what that platform can do for, for people who really need the help. Yeah. I've been just you know same way honored to be a part of anything you guys do. And it's just really special. Like you said, a tremendous group of people behind the scenes doing all the work. It's, it's pretty special. Um, now, what's next? What do you? What do you? What's next on your plate? Where are you going? What do you got? What do you got working? You know, I'm really dedicated to this project at MLB about the future of the game. I think we're at we're at a critical time. You know, with the next you know, the collective bargaining agreement running out here at the end of the month, and and hopefully we get a new deal done. But this next CBA is really important because I think beyond the economics, which I'm I'm not really getting involved with, but just. You know, we we need to be thoughtful about changes that we make to to improve the product and create you know as I said um, a version of baseball that's closest to the very best version so the most amount of people can enjoy it and um, I, I I personally am, am happy when baseball really is our national pastime and is sort of part of the daily conversation not just in sports but but in society and I think uh, I think we can we can get back to that and so I'm definitely committed to, to seeing this process of the, of the rule changes through. And, you know, I've, I've been so lucky to have, um, you know, just about a decade in Boston and a decade in Chicago, two of the greatest franchises out there. So I'm not exactly in a rush to, to jump back in with the team, but, um, you know, before, before, before I head to the retirement home permanently, I think it, it would be nice to have another chapter, um, with the team. You know, I love the building process and it'd be, it'd be fun to get involved, you know, ideally, you know, with, with other, with other people that I know and respect and as part of an ownership group and really build something from scratch, um, on the, on the baseball side. And then also, you know, be part of the conversation where you decide, um, how, how you can build the franchise for good. You know, what are the values that you're going to use to, uh, to, to build the franchise? What are you going to represent? What are you going to stand for? What role do you want to play in your city and in the society as a whole? And that, I think there's just so much untapped potential. I've seen firsthand, you know, the, the impact baseball teams can have on cities and in regions of the country and, and to do good works. But I think it can even be taken to another level. So someday I'd love to be part of that, but no rush, really enjoying 
the MLB work. I'm doing some work with a sports-based private equity company called Arctos Sports Partners that uh, buys into baseball teams as well as uh, basketball, hockey, and soccer teams. That's been really fun to, to learn a different side of it and then enjoying the, you know, the additional time with family. So no rush at all from my end. Yeah, good for you, man. You get to take as much time as you want. And I just want to say too, like I'm I'm super thankful. You know, it's that time of year. We we're thankful all the time, but it's Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And you know, to sit there and think about the things for you bringing me back to Chicago, um, you know, to be a special assistant, and most importantly, just thank you for letting me be me. You know, you said that from day one, and you and you stood by that. And you always just kind of let me be who I am and be around. And uh, and I've had the time of my life being back in Chicago. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And. I'm thankful too for all the relationships that baseball provides. Like we didn't know each other. I come to work for the Cubs. We get to know each other, developed a ton of trust early on and a friendship blossomed from that. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to have that happen over and over and over again. All these great people that you meet in baseball players, um, you know, uniform staff members, the front office uh, fans, it becomes like a, a second family. And, and that's, you know, the best and most rewarding part of, of having worked in baseball. And then, then you get to um, work really hard with those people towards a common goal um, and towards this greater vision, sacrifice alongside them, see all the sacrifices they make along the way, go through the tough times and ultimately, you know, triumph and win a championship with those people. Incredibly rewarding. And I, I'm just thankful to have, uh, you know, to have been part of that a handful of times and, the relationships continue, um, which, which is the best part. And, and baseball always goes on. And now I get to enjoy it from a different perspective. So really, really, really grateful for everything baseball's given me and the fact that I can still stay connected to it. Wow, what a treat to be able to catch up with Theo. Always feel just a little bit smarter after a conversation with him. Hey, to hear more conversations like the one you just heard, please download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And it's all presented by our good friends at Sloan. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon.